0: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today on this Sunday afternoon in late, late July and summer, the deep, deep south. Welcome to the Arts Hour. I'm here with Kevin Farrell, our producer. He has on very ordinary shoes and very ordinary socks, which is uh, uncharacteristic for, for Kevin. But we, we accept that from time to time. I have two guests in the studio today. Um, Barbara Ann Carver-Hunt is here. Barbara Ann, welcome to you. Thank you. And Ann O'Hara is also here. Ann, welcome. Thank you. And these two ladies are uh, fellowship recipients, visual arts fellowship recipients from the Mississippi Arts Commission. Uh, Barbara Ann in 2014, I believe. Does that sound right?
1: I think that sounds about right.
0: Between us, we can decide since it's already <laughs> passed. And Anne yours was 2013, correct? I
1: think so, yes.
0: And the reason you're here is that the two of you uh, will be featured uh, in a show uh, that opened uh, last Thursday uh, at the Mississippi uh, Library Commission. Uh, the show is entitled Midsummer Dreams, and it features the artwork uh, of the two of you Barbara Ann Carver-Hunt, and Ann O'Hara. So uh, welcome to uh, the Arts Hour, and thank you for participating uh, in the Mississippi Arts Commission's fellowship program. I would like to start, if we could, uh, Barbara Ann, with you and just talk a little bit uh, about what the fellowship uh, has meant to you. you. You got it in 2014. You've Hopefully had time to spend it. The check didn't bounce. Oh, yes. The check,
1: no, the check didn't bounce, and yes, we did spend it with, uh, with great alacrity, actually. Um, shopping for art supplies is one of my favorite, absolutely favorite things to do. It also helped um, build me um, a new studio, um, which I mostly built myself with help from uh, friends and um, other people who were, you know, Engaged in forced labor at my behest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, Such is the it way was. Of the arts yes, world. yes, and <laughs> and besides besides the the monetary um, uh, stipend that came along with the fellowship, it was a wonderful opportunity to meet other artists. I was I was amazed at the people who were in my group, um, the artwork that I had had never seen. I mean. I, I said to one of the uh, one of the um, associates, you know, where are these people hiding? <laughs> <laughs> They're all over Mississippi. I didn't know most of them, but but I do now, and that was that was one of the things that was really wonderful about getting the fellowship. We have a a real network in Mississippi of wonderful artists.
0: We do, but you make a great point, and that is that every year, as the director of the Arts Commission, when I look at the fellowship applications, I see people I've never, ever heard of, Mm -hmm. I've never met. And you think, surely I know everybody, but no way. The universities are full of people who I do not know who've come here from all over the world, much like the two of you. And they they maybe find out about the Arts Commission for the first time, and they apply, or... Artists move here from other places and settle into small communities and begin making art, and the next thing you know, they apply, and you've never heard of them. It's just remarkable. Uh, so anyway, that's one of the great joys uh, of having this job. And so, Anne, uh, for you, Anne o- O'Hara, who you live in um, Jackson now, right, correcto? Right. And uh, can you talk a little bit about what the fellowship meant to you and what you what you did with your stipend?
2: Well, um, I had recently started this series of drawings that that um, I applied to the fellowship, you know, for the fellowship mm-hmm. program with and um, had been working on them for about a year. After I retired, I had been a teacher uh, in the public school system for 30-something years, <laughs> and I uh, could only ever do a few artworks across the summer. You know, most right. of my time went to teaching. and so. When I really, when I retired, I got serious, and I started t- spending a lot of time on my own work. And getting the fellowship was sort of an affirmation, in a way, that what I was doing was um, worth pursuing and worth going, you know, doing more of. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the the money did help with supplies. And I think I went. Um, it's been a while, but I think I went. Uh, on a couple of trips, uh, went to Chicago and to the Art Institute and went to New York um, and visited museums and, you know, don't get to do that very often. Right, right. So it was a wonderful opportunity to, to, um, to do some things that I hadn't done in a long time and also, though, it, I think it was the encouragement and the affirmation that, um, that was really the best part about it.
0: Well, it's great. Yeah. To, it's always great to hear these uh, stories about what people do, uh, the places they go, the things that they do uh, as a result of, of having a moment to have a little bit of money and a little bit of time to sort of think about a career and uh, direction. But anyway, we're very proud of the two of you and delighted that you participated in the uh, fellowship program and now this is i guess it's the gift that keeps on giving we are having the show to honor the two of you uh, in a partnership with the mississippi library commission and they have this beautiful building next door to where we are today uh out here at the what used to be called the R and D center mm-hmm. uh where mpb lives and humanities council lives and the ihl lives out here and the community colleges lives out here on this beautiful campus uh, and, and, of course, the Library Commission as well. So for our listeners, uh, please know that you can go to the Mississippi Library Commission uh, located at 388, 3881 Eastwood Drive uh, in Jackson, open uh, Monday through Friday from 8 until 5 p.m., uh, and, and view this show uh, from this moment uh, through August the 24th. Uh, And so this show of of these two ladies work will will be up um, and uh, open to the public. So uh, I was thinking a little bit when I was reading bits and pieces about the two of you uh, in preparation for having you here that this is unique in that uh, neither of you were born in the United States of America. And so this is sort of a global international show. Uh, So Barbara Ann, you you were born in England.
1: No, Anne was born born in England.
0: See, on my sheet here, what I've done is I've put Barbara (laughs) Ann on the right side of me, but her name is on the left. But anyway, so uh, you were born in England. I was born in England. And it's uh, Shetland, what's the name of the town? Cheltenham. Cheltenham.
2: Yeah, in Gloucestershire, which is about 100 miles due west of London, close to Wales. And um, I went to art school in England. I went to the Gloucestershire College of Art had a what everybody laughs at this. It was called a DIP A D, Diploma in Art and Design. Oh, okay. But um but when I graduated I didn't know what to do. I was this. this was in sculpture. I had a degree in sculpture and I had no clue what to do. And I had a wonderful teacher who was from the United States mm-hmm. and uh from Chicago Art Institute and he said, Try to get into San Francisco Art Institute. Um for an MFA program. So I applied and I got an international scholarship and came to America in 1966.
0: Wow. Yes. it was a fascinating time to come to this country. It
2: was, especially to San Francisco. Yes,
0: indeed. You know? Yeah, there was a lot going on out right. there in 66. Yes. And so you did go to the, to the, I
2: went to San Francisco Art Institute mm-hmm. and I got my MFA in sculpture.
0: And, and how on earth did you end up in Jackson, Mississippi?
2: Uh, I met my husband in San Francisco. He was uh, also an art student um, in the the sculpture program, Mm -hmm. MFA program, and we met there, and when, um, after about living in San Francisco for about three years, he decided he wanted to try to get a teaching job, and he ended up at Tougaloo College. Uh Uh, And we came, we said we'd stay three or four years and move on, and he here we are.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I remember very clearly in 1979 I came to Jackson for one year. Right. And uh, here I am. <laughs> so, uh, Barbara Ann, you were born in Canada. I was. So here's our international theme.
1: <laughs> I was born in Kingston, Ontario, and raised in Quebec. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a French-Canadian uh, by default. My <laughs> father believed that if you go to a foreign country and— for an English-speaking Canadian, Quebec in many ways is a foreign country that you learn the language, so I was sent to French school, and uh, that was that was my education. It was in French and in English for many, of ye- many years. I, um, I didn't do art school right away. I, I had a previous life as an English literature major, so my first degree was in English lit from the University of Montreal, and it wasn't until many years later that I went to art school.
0: And uh, you live in Hattiesburg.
1: We do. Well, I we actually live in Summerall, right on the edge of Summerall and Oak oh, out, Grove. Oh, you live out? Yeah, we live in, in Lamar County, huh. out there in what we thought were the deep woods. But these days, my friends tell me they're really the suburbs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> my, how things change.
1: But that's that's one of the reasons that we're here in, in Mississippi. Um, I met my husband, who was the main reason that we came to Southern. He came to teach in the business school. I met him back in '67 when I first graduated from university, and he had just come back from Vietnam. Mm. Um, and we got married and lived in San Francisco first mm. for many of years, and then he was in international banking at the time, so we ended up going overseas. Uh, we were in Asia and the subcontinent. Later on, his career took him uh, as um, fellowship um winners and endowed professorships to a lot of countries in Africa. So we were in Kenya and we were in South Africa. So I think that a lot of that traveling that really he enabled us to do um, kind of informs my work in terms of where the imagery comes from. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because it's very global in its uh, uh, influences, or it seems to me. Some folks would describe
1: it as very odd, too. (laughs) Well...
0: (laughs) Some people would describe all of us as odd, but uh, I guess that's possible. So both of you really sort of had a, a similar track in that you both ended up here because of universities and job opportunities. You're right. Right. Tougaloo and USM. Right. and uh, So you say, uh that you didn't get. Interested in art until later in life. Oh, I was always or you interested. Just didn't I, I, I always, take drew, it on? <laughs> I
1: always drew. I from the time I was really little, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually go to art school until we were in uh, California. When we came back from overseas, we both went back to school. Mm-hmm. David went for his M.B.A. at Berkeley. I went for an undergraduate degree at uh, Cal State East Bay, and then when he got his very first teaching job at Miami of Ohio, that's where I did my M.F.A.
0: And so I, I know, Anne, that you taught for years both in the Jackson Public Schools and at the High School for the Arts, right? Uh,
2: yes, I, I taught, um, started at Rowan Junior High School. Oh, boy. Which was quite difficult. <laughs> so first, for, I was there for two years, and then I got uh, hired by APAC, the Academic mm-hmm. and Performing Arts Complex. And
0: that's where really we met, when, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would see you around it.
2: And and that was a pretty That's wonderful funny. job. Where we were uh, situated at the Mississippi Museum of Art, right? And so you know, um, it was not like that we, the students would come to us. We'd have class, then we'd put them on the bus and send them back to school. So it was not like being in a school building all day long. It was it was just really nice. And then we moved. Bruce and I moved to Milwaukee for three years. He went back to school to work okay. on a doctorate, and. Um, when I came back, I had to reapply to the Jackson Public School System and I went to Jim Hill High School where they have an international baccalaureate program and um, taught there for 10 years, I think, mm-hmm. before going to the Mississippi School of the Arts. That opened in 2003 or four, two 2004, I think, in Brookhaven, yes, mm-hmm. and I went there and uh, retired in 2012. 2012.
0: Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today on this Sunday in late July. Thank you for tuning in and listening to MPB and for supporting the Mississippi Arts Commission. Today in the studio, I have two guests, Ann O'Hara. Welcome back, Anne. Thank you. She's uh, originally a uh, native of England, which we right. talked a bit about. I want to hear more about the Eng- the England Club. Oh. The British club, oh. the locals here, living in Jackson. And, uh, and my other guest is Barbara Ann Carver-Hunt. Welcome back, Barbara Ann. Thank you. Who is a Canadian by birth. Still. Still a Canadian. <laughs> yes. Have not joined the... the no, no. My citizen. Haven't.
2: No, I haven't, haven't joined And you, it. Ann? I, I became a citizen about... It's probably been 10 years now, but I waited a long time. You did time. wait a while. Yes, a long
0: time. But were you debating?
2: Um, well, we never had much money, and it always seemed like it was a lot of money to me to <laughs> oh. become a citizen. Even so, more <laughs> now. And, mm. and I just really now. didn't have the. I, I was reluctant to just let go, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, and, I, and, I, I would imagine mm-hmm. so. I,
0: if I moved somewhere else, I think I would really struggle with the citizenship mm-hmm. thing.
2: But I, I kind of, uh, I, I feel that like I'm a world citizen now. Yeah. I'm, I think so, that's right.
0: Yes. And this is a global show today with a Canadian and an, uh, a Brit. So there's a local uh, British club in Jackson? Yes.
2: Yeah, so when I first came here, I, I met somebody. I had a free week at the health spa or something, and I mm. heard somebody speaking in English, and I said, oh, I think I hear an English accent. She said, well, uh, it's not an accent. That's the way <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she, she was very... Funny, but but uh, they had this group called the Transatlantic Brides and Parents Association. Which, love it. Yeah, which um, I became a member of. And when our kids were small, we used to meet in the mornings and with all the children running right. around and everything. Now we're all ancient, and <laughs> and we meet in the afternoon and have tea and we have. Um,
0: it's a property.
2: Yes, we have tea and teapots. Scones and clotted cream? Uh, not, haven't gone that far. <laughs> I Haven't seen anybody do that yet. But, but uh, yeah, so okay. we it, kind of...
1: If you, if you live in, even here in the Deep South, it took me quite a while to convince some of the restaurants that we went to frequently to convince the young women who were waiters or waitresses that when I asked for tea, I wanted it hot. Mm-hmm. This right. was... Even in the summertime, right, and that there was a way to make it, and it didn't involve a teabag in a in a teacup. It involved a teapot. Mm-hmm. And but I've succeeded. There are most places in Hattiesburg now. You go if you ask for a cup of tea, they don't raise their eyebrows at hot tea, and they'll bring you a teapot.
0: There you go. You've educated an entire community mm-hmm. on the proper service of tea. So uh, Barbara Ann. Uh, Like, uh, and do you have a group of Canadians who get together in Hattiesburg? No, no, no. Uh, but,
1: but there are a few, there are a few. Well, actually we did have, uh, we had, and we lost him recently. He, he passed away this last year. Um, We had a wonderful coffee shop in Harrisburg called C'est La Vie. Oh, I loved
0: it. That fellow was quite, what was his?
1: Yanush. He left. No, he died. He passed. Yes,
0: he passed. I thought he moved away.
1: Well, he had gone. He had retired, and he had gone traveling. He had gone to visit his family in Europe, and he had gone to Thailand, and he had gone to see his daughter, and he came back sick, very sick. Oh, Lord. And we lost him. We lost him this last year. Yeah, well, but that sad. was it. He a, was a neat fellow. He was. I stopped that, in there every time
0: I passed through, and Baptist that was Church. a
1: hangout for uh, you. Would hear multiple languages spoken in C'est La Vie on a number of occasions.
0: Hmm. So, uh, so again, we the reason for our show today is to celebrate the the, the joint uh, art show uh, that the two of you have your pieces of art uh, displayed in over at the Mississippi Library Commission. Uh, the name of the show is Midsummer. Midsummer Dreams, did either of you have any input into naming the show? I think that show? was Teresa's no idea, Teresa?
2: wasn't it? it? was Teresa or, or um, the, I forget the lady's name. Who Susan did, Dobbs? Yes. yes. So I think it
0: okay. might have been her. Well, Teresa Haygood uh, is uh, the curator of the show, and Susan Dobbs. and
1: Susan did the wonderful invitation.
0: Right, yes. she did the invitation, who used to work at the Arts Commission. She now works at the Library Commission. And so it's a great partnership between the Library Commission and, and the Arts Commission and, of course, uh, Teresa So anyway, the uh, show, Midsummer Dreams, uh, is up at the Mississippi Library Commission as we speak, and it will remain there until August the 24th. So anyone who is uh, in Jackson or passing through Jackson, feel free to come by between uh, the basic state uh, hours of 8-5 and visit the Mississippi Library Commission, which is located at 3881 Eastwood Drive. Just put that in your phone. I think the zip code out here is what? Three nine two two one one, for those of you who are tech savvy. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the the work itself. Let's start with you, Barbara, Ann, and tell us about your work that's that's hanging, and maybe just your work as an artist.
1: Okay, you want to know about technique first, or content, or All okay. It's my my work is is very heavily narrative, you know, mm-hmm. shades of my previous life as an English literature major, because for me the story comes first. Right. And um, in graduate school, I had already discovered a lot of the native mythology of Canada, but in graduate school, I did a lot of research into the trickster myth, which is a. Uh, a narrative, a, a cultural narrative for the whole country and for here in America, too, um, that really informs informs my work a lot. So there's the story of the trickster figure who is a helper to the creator. Mm-hmm. And trickster, depending on what part of Canada you're in, if you're in the Eastern Maritimes, trickster is called Nanabush or Nanabozo, the Great Hare. And this was a very prominent cultural um, figure among the tribal peoples there, the Hurons, uh, the Iroquois. And as you move across the country, trickster becomes uh, coyote, trickster becomes raven. And here in the United States, it's the same thing. You have have that trickster figure that appears in a lot of the native um, literature and native oral oral tradition. And then at the same time in those years uh, there was a lot of research that was going on in terms of the religion, of the old religion of the goddess mm-hmm. in archaeological finds. So I was, in, and this was the, the prominent years of feminism, the feminist movement, so I was very involved in that too. So and then, of course, there's my own background in terms of how I was brought up. I was raised as a, in an Irish-Scottish family, great storytellers, um, and schizophren- schizophrenic in a way in terms of our religious beliefs because uh, my Scottish side is Catholic and my Irish side is Protestant, oh, which is boy. usually the reverse, which makes for a lot of interesting conversations. So... All of that mix, uh, and grandmothers who told wonderful stories, and that's kind of how the figurative, narrative, mythological, strange imagery evolved. And then, of course, I work in colored pencils, which is right. which is not an unusual medium. A lot of people work in colored pencils. it's just not as well known as paint or watercolor or. You know, and other kinds of mediums.
0: Is it on paper? Yes, mm-hmm.
1: colored pencil on paper. And what the type
0: way- of paper is it a particular kind of paper?
1: Well, the better papers are going to be thicker. So depending on on you know how thick a paper you're using, either vellum or plate. Um, all papers have a tooth. Uh, vellum paper has a deeper tooth. And how you create the color is you build it up in layers, basically by filling up those those toothy little toothy mountains that you can't right. see in the paper. Um, plate is much smoother, but it's the same process. So the colors are made and mixed um, by layering it on top of each other. You know, and in that way, Anne's work and mine is not dissimilar because she uses a similar technique in terms of creating her wonderful layers of uh, watercolor and uh, and graphite, colored charcoal, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And how many pieces do you have in the show, Barbara? Ann?
1: Oh, geez, I don't know because I stripped the walls and uh, <laughs> I stripped the walls, and I called in pieces from collectors. So, I mean, there's probably seventeen or eighteen uh-huh. or maybe more down there.
0: Right, great. Mm-hmm. And um, so, Anne, would you talk a little bit about your technique and and the story behind the, the work that you have?
2: Well, before I started the drawings, mm-hmm. I was doing these shadow boxes, and they were fairly big shadow boxes and they were the designs of the sh- of the content of the shadow box was drawn from sketchbook drawings that I had been doing, and they were kind of abstract, almost doodle-like sketchbook drawings, but I, I created them in layers. You know, I created inside the shadow box layers of, of images and stuff. So, and then the other thing that was happening, this was about in 2011, you know some of the students at the mississippi school of the arts were really very talented and the advanced drawing class was doing some charcoal drawings and i thought to myself hmm i wonder if <laughs> if i can do as well as they are you know because they really were very uh, impressive and so i started um just playing around with charcoal and i did a series of small drawings in in char just plain charcoal mm-hmm. And then um, some a few big ones and a couple of those big ones are in the, in the show here, um, and somehow got fascinated with this uh, medium, and so I uh, wanted though to add color, and uh, but also by this time, the images were being um, generated by f- photography. I was taking a lot of photographs, mostly of nature. Uh, things, you know, flowers and leaves and anything that I could find, bark and trees and, and so then I would take those photographs into Photoshop and layer them uh, one on top of another and play around for hours really before finding an image that I thought was beautiful. That's, I mean, this is what I want. I want something that's beautiful, that connects with people when they see them on a sort of a spiritual level Mm -hmm. and so um, gradually i moved into uh, the tinted charcoal which is some very subtle colors um and now i'm experimenting a little bit with some pastels which have some brighter colors but um but it was sort of something that evolved from the shadow boxes being these layers of, of, of images to then um, the drawings that also are layers. And I wanted, the drawings are supposed to be kind of metaphors for the human spirit in a way that, you know, I, I knew as a teacher that to really um, get the best out of my students, I had to truly, really understand them well. And it was through the more I knew them, the more you sort of felt like there were layers and that you sort of dig down and, and, and inside was usually a hidden gem. So <clears throat> a lot of my first exhibits were called Hi- The Hidden Treasures um. because uh, I was thinking of just the beauty that lies within. And I, and I want them to connect both visually and spiritually with people and to put you in another world basically, sort of another reality.
0: So, did yeah. the two of you know each other before this nope. joint show?
1: Nope. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I'd I'd seen Anne's work somewhere before. I just uh-huh. I'm, I couldn't put my foot on my finger on where.
0: So Teresa basically put you together. I think so. <laughs> she <did. laughs> yeah, she did. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I am your host today, as well as the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. And speaking of the Arts Commission, we are here today celebrating and talking about. A partnership between the Mississippi Arts Commission and the Mississippi Library Commission. We have agreed to do a series of visual arts shows uh, at the Mississippi Library Commission, hung in their beautiful space, and uh, representing the Mississippi Arts Commission's visual arts fellowships. So today I have two of those uh, fellows, fellowship recipients, in the studio with me. I have Ann O'Hara. Welcome, Ann. Thank you. And Barbara Ann Carver Hunt, the double dash. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Malcolm. <laughs> Barbara Ann lives in Hattiesburg, and Ann lives in Jackson, right? And right. Barbara Ann uh, is French Canadian by birth, right?
1: Well, I'm an, no, I'm an no. Anglo, but I, I, but I do speak French, French fluently, Canadian. and I was raised in French Canada.
0: I say that only because I wanted to segue into saying, you know, that Jackson was founded by a French Canadian trader. Uh, I didn't Louis kno- LeFleur.
1: I didn't know that. Really? So
0: actually this town, though we think of ourselves as being named for Colonel Jackson, which we were, Old Hickory, but before that, uh, Jackson was a trading post along the Pearl River in the, the Natchez Trace. Uh, How did it
1: happen to be a Frenchman? Was he an Acadian?
0: He he came down here looking for an opportunity and set up a trading post on uh, the bluff of the river and traded with the Native Americans and with the travelers up and down the Trace. Right. and it was that's why we have Lafleur's Bluff State Park. Mm-hmm. This was Louis Lafleur's Le legacy, but I always imagine this man sitting on a hilltop on the Pearl River playing an accordion, singing in French, and people are saying, <laughs> "I thought we were in Mississippi." Of course, it wasn't even Mississippi then. But anyway, uh, that aside, <clears throat> we're delighted to have both of you here, and uh, we're also very proud of, of our fellowship recipients uh, being featured uh, in this show uh, at the Library Commission, which, as I said, will be up until August 24. So before we went on the last break, we were talking a bit about the technique and the work that's being displayed, and and I was uh, sort of thinking about the fact that you, you both have you have so much in common, though you haven't. You've only recently met, right? But you, you both uh, came to Mississippi through the uh, university system, uh, people seeking jobs and opportunities. Uh, Barbara Ann at University of Southern Mississippi, where I'm a graduate, and, uh, and at Tougaloo College and through the Jackson public school systems uh, did you ever uh, and when you were with uh, jps did you ever work with the ask for more arts program you remember that little initiative that we had the arts commission funded it and it was a way to sort of make art available
2: i don't think system. i did you don't remember that? no i don't think
0: i did so you did uh, jackson public schools before you did the high school for the arts right oh yes yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. and you
0: retired from from the high school that's right in yeah.
2: 2012
0: so you've been out being uh, an artist full time. <laughs> well, for a few I, years. I
2: don't know whether it's full time, but it's has a lot more time than I ever had before. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Do, do you miss teaching? Do you miss the classroom uh, that experience? A little bit.
2: I, I have to say, I, I'm working with the neighborhood kids out in the yard, doing art projects, <laughs> <laughs> once every two weeks, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I, you know, I'm a member of the Baha'i Faith, and I teach kids there too, and in, in various our summer uh programs and stuff like that.
0: And do y'all do y'all have a temple? Is it a temple? Is that the right uh, terminology? only in Chicago. Uh-huh. Chicago
2: is the, the house of worship for the whole United States. Worship. Yeah.
0: And here in a small like community we, in Jackson you would operate through a little community. We homes. just How meet in homes. in homes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Interesting. So but you meet a lot of interesting folk through right, that particular right. experience. Yeah. Uh and and so Barbara and you taught at, at USM and you you ran the uh the 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 gallery on campus, right?
1: And yes, it was a it was a half-time gallery, half-time teaching um, position and uh But a number of years later, I was involved in the core arts program. Oh, oh, great! Yeah, and we we taught Linda Whittington. Yes, yes, and I did that. I did that for three years. Uh, That was a great program. I taught the out at the uh, the residential uh, delinquent uh, detention center in Columbia with the girls. Yeah, that was great. I loved that it. That was in my
0: first tenure when it. we had Core Arts. And it was a program for uh, adjudicated youth. Yes. And it was a statewide program, yes. but it was primarily located in a couple of schools, uh, one up in the Delta, the Tire Plant, I think it was called, or something, school, or something like well, that.
1: Well, this one was, a, this one was the girls were in residence, yeah. and it was, t- it was uh, 12-year-olds through 17-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Although I only had one, tw- in the three years that I was there, I think I only had one 12-year-old once. It was... She, they were usually a little bit older.
0: But and that it was, program was was so, uh, I thought, very innovative and 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 really successful. But we just struggled with the funding, and it was it was run by uh, Linda Whittington, who mm-hmm. lived in Greenwood. She was also later a state representative. After and she,
1: still is, is she not? No,
0: she retired from that life. She's now doing a program called Greenwood Mentoring, and she's working again she's returned to working with mm-hmm. kids uh, in the Greenwood area but she's no longer a member of the legislature
1: well after that I went I went back and forth to southern sometime full-time sometime part-time and in the last I think the last five years that I was there I was adjunct faculty but I was I was uh, doing the ceramic program so I was teaching over in 3d finally oh. you what know, sculpture uh, degree to use yeah
0: and uh, how is the the art school, the program at U.S.M. I know at it, it one time back in the day, it was U.S.M. was considered an art school, and then it sort of moved away from that. And uh, I'm just curious, well, what condition? There's our...
1: there's funding issues for uh-huh. for every program at Southern, aren't there?
0: Every every university, every every university
1: yeah. everywhere. The 3D program is very active. They've got a really good painting program. Um, you know, I, I I don't have much contact with the faculty except the older faculty that was there when I was there that are still there, uh, like Jim Mead and Janet Graziano, both drawing and painting teachers that are that are really excellent, and um, uh, the head of the head of sculpture uh, Jennifer Torres, of course, is still there, and their program is very active. I mean, they have a a full foundry and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I th- I don't know what their major count is these days, but I think they're alive and well.
0: Right, and are you uh, associated with the Hattiesburg Arts Council? Do you work in the community arts?
1: Uh, I have. I was. I sat on the council. I've sat on the um, board of directors, uh, mm-hmm. the board for for a while. Um, I was. There's there's a very active network of artists in Hattiesburg, and we're all involved on various levels with different parts of the community program. Right now, uh, or for the last, I guess, let's see, how long have we been operating? Uh, I belong to a women's organization, a Women Artists Organization. Um, you know, and the name just fell a in my head. Women's Art Collective. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. The collective. Um, so, so, in the, and, Kim Witt. Yes, that's right. Kim is and she keeps
0: me up to speed. Kim
1: is a, a member, and there's uh, there's uh, eleven of us these days. We we kind of fluctuate between you know nine, ten, and eleven members. We have a couple of. Uh, um, uh, emeritus members who have since left us and gone on to other things. Claudia Carty is one of our emeritus oh, yes. members. Very yes, famous, Heidi Petrie, who's now in uh, in Austin, Texas, doing wonderful things in painting. But yeah, we're um, we're we're very active for the last three years through the council. We've been doing the open studio program uh, uh, in Hattiesburg. Um, it's a well, it's not going to happen anymore, but. While it happened, we we had a wonderful time with it. It was a seven-week um, in-residence program. Uh, mm. They gave us a space, and we did shows. We did outreach to the community. Uh, we were there during Art Walk and did things during Art Walk. It was really it was a lot of fun.
0: Well, I attended your uh, pop-up show at Art Walk this past year. It was in did the American building.
1: Yes, 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 that's where the open studio space is yeah. or was. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It's, it was yeah. a neat space. It was a great show. Yeah, we had there, fun. There were, I thought. Seven or eight of the members were there. Kim, of course, had mm-hmm. invited me over. It was great, great space. Uh, so, Anne, wh- where do you show um, locally other than this exhibit that we're actually talking about? Do you have a gallery representation? Do you have shows?
2: Um, do not have a gallery representation. Mm-hmm. I would like to get one, but I haven't got one at the moment. Um, had a show, uh, I guess it's two years ago now, at Meridian Museum of Art. Oh, yeah. And I had the whole ground floor had about 40 pieces in there um so that was pretty pretty amazing actually. yeah not everybody gets a,
0: a full museum show <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, I, museum. Had, uh,
2: <laughs> I had i had one there by state mm-hmm. and and the prize and the way for that is to to give you a show so okay. and that's uh, a great a space it that it little museum uh, is a old, lovely space is it a bank oh, what was
0: that it, it was a reuse i can't remember what it was the needle building. Yeah. Uh. They're
2: doing some renovations there mm-hmm. uh, now. But anyway, um, I also showed at the at the Mississippi School of the Arts. After that, I transported everything from Meridian to Brookhaven and had a show there. Which you know they have a new gallery space there, com- new On since campus. Yes, yes, since I uh, retired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I retired right?
2: And. Uh, and then just a few, you know, I've shown a few pieces at Tougaloo, um, but I don't, I don't pursue it enough probably. You yeah. know, I did show in Houston several years ago. My son was lucky enough to um, have a free space given to him for a gallery in this oh. new city center. He was, he's the photographer yeah, for the city about. center, and uh, they, they were trying to fill up spaces, you know, so it looked uh-huh. like this place was doing great things. <laughs> and so they gave him a gallery space, and uh, I had a show there of all the, mostly the black and white pieces that was. Uh, and uh, that was nice. That was really nice. And what else?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Barbara Ann, do you have representation, or do you just show here, there, and I show various... I show
1: here, there, and wherever. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we apply on a regular basis to places like the Cedars or the Meridian uh-huh. Show. I've I've submitted pieces to both of those this year. And,
0: and, and what are you, one of you were in the Mississippi Invitational, I, I right? I was. You were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
2: Had, uh, I think, four pieces in there. Wow. They, Good for they you. kind of did it differently, that year, they, you know, in previous years, they've had um, like maybe a whole corner devoted to one artist or something. Mm-hmm. But this that year, they took more artists and fewer pieces mm-hmm. from each artist. So but that was really nice.
0: Have, have, yeah. Are either of you or both of you familiar with this uh, Southern Prize, it's the regional visual arts piece that the South Arts Group is organizing. I
1: I ran across uh, um, some information on that the other day, and I hadn't known about it before. Tell us more about it, Well, it's
0: new. This is only our uh, third year next year, uh, where the nine southern states... They all have they they have a call for visual artists mm-hmm. and they're they juried. Each state has a state champion, and then there's a competition for larger prizes, is up to twenty five thousand dollars.
1: When really when great. does the call for artists go out, or um, has it gone out? I'll
0: have to get it to you.
1: Okay.
0: I, yes, it's passed for this year, and we're already mm-hmm. it hasn't been released for next year. But it's a it's a neat new sort of opportunity in the southeast. Well, sadly, we've run out of time. Thank you, Ann O'Hare, for being here with us, and. Uh, To Barbara and Carver-Hunt, thank you both for being here. Once again, I'll encourage each and every one of our listeners to uh, attend the Midsummer Dreams exhibit that's uh, hanging at the Mississippi Library Commission until August 24th. Uh, And thank you for supporting the Mississippi Arts Commission, and thank you both for representing us as fellows.
1: Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you, Malcolm.